You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over the U.S. Each week, we'll get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that? Well, this week is a great interview with Karen, who got into biking in 2018 after being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Karen lives in California and decided her first bike ride after being diagnosed was going to be a bicycle ride to support MS. She didn't even have a bike at the time, but the stars aligned, she borrowed a bike, and she successfully completed this goal. Karen joined the Trek Training Group, and I'm quite envious that she had such a cool opportunity available to her. Well, let's jump right in with Karen talking about her inspiration for that first event. I had multiple sclerosis, and I said, this is what I want to do. Will you do it with me? And he said, yes. And honestly, that's like all I needed. Yeah. I never trained with him. I never rode with him until the day of the event. But just knowing that he promised to be by my side that gave, gave you yeah the courage and the fortitude to pursue that goal. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And now I love it. There are a lot of people who are older in this Trek Century training group, and it's absolutely inspirational to me. Oh, that's great. So, you know, you've just got two years of cycling under your belt, but um, when you're looking at cycling now, you know, with COVID and social distancing, um, do you see some pretty significant differences from what it used to be like? I do. Mm -hmm. I do. So the Trek Century Training Group, which, which has been my mainstay for group cycling since I started back in 2018, uh, disbanded. Mm. You know, out of respect for what was happening with uh, COVID-19. So all of their weekly training rides were canceled. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they, every year they have two events, one in the fall and one in the spring. It's either a 100-mile bike ride or you can opt for a metric century instead. That was canceled. It was supposed to be last weekend mm. for the spring ride. And I did a metric century Uh, with a very, very small group of my cycling friends, uh, just because it was event day. But uh, it has been, it has been quite a challenge. I had never done a solo ride before COVID-19. I mean, there's something to be said for riding in a group. For me, I feel like there's such a benefit to having all of those additional sets of eyes and ears on the road, looking for road hazards or cars doing the wrong thing or anything that could you know, impact your ride or your safety as a cyclist. Mm-hmm. So the prospect of riding by myself was terrifying, mm. absolutely terrifying. But I have done more than a few uh, solo rides I learned how to use Ride with GPS to yeah. create routes. Cool. And I've created a menu of routes that leave from my doorstep. And then, you know, we really brought it down to just anywhere to myself with one other person, just two to four of us, I would say, mm-hmm. that ever do a group ride. And we're always wearing masks and we're spread out, but we're within 
eyesight of each other. Mm -hmm. So even if, you know, somebody is a quarter mile ahead, I know that if something were to happen, one of my cycling friends would be there to assist. Sure, sure. And that's that's been important to me too. Mm-hmm. But one of the big benefits of COVID-19 was that social distance bicycle group that's on Facebook. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be a part of that if it wasn't for COVID-19. And I'm so glad to have that experience as well. Right. And like you said, you know, with 6,000 people on there, it's the places that you get to see are just, it's amazing. You know, it feels like Dr. Seuss for cycling. You know, the places you go, the places you'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, hopeful once, you know, travel becomes uh, normal again and being able to go places, like, I don't even know where I'm going to go first because I have such a long mental list of places, you know. No, one of the, one of my friends just shared a uh, ride or a route around Lake Tahoe, like mm. around the entire outskirts of that lake and said, hey, is this something y'all would be interested in doing? Mm. And I don't know, it's like a 75 mile ride or something like that. And I was like, yes, sign <laughs> up. <laughs> well, when you're out on your group rides, have you been to like a couple great places in your area that you want to share? Like, or are you pretty much, you know, in town on roads? You know, one of the benefits of linking up with the truck group is we ride all over the county. I mean, we go, I've lived in San Diego since 1984, and I have seen places on my bike that I have never been Mm. in a car. Not only that, but the places that I go on my bike, I'm going at a pace where I can actually see the landscape, see what's around me. And uh, COVID-19 even more. Even more so. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never noticed this before. I just did a ride, I think it was last weekend, and part of it took me past uh, Coronado in the park there. And I noticed for the first time there's a huge bicycle sculpture in the park. I must have done that ride a dozen times. <laughs> and yet, this was the first time I noticed this huge statue in the sky of a woman on a bike with her hair flowing behind her it was the most beautiful thing and I like called out to my friend and I said please let's stop I have to take a picture (laughs) that's awesome so there's a lot there's a lot to see here in San Diego Uh, we have different parts of the county that have different I think different points for for cycling Um, you know if you go out to East County there's a lot of climbing uh, you can go to Coronado and your beautiful vistas and the path I took last weekend seemed like it felt like it was three connected bike paths. Hmm. So it was maybe 40 miles, a little more than 40 miles round trip. But so much of that was protected from traffic, really pretty, get stopped by the Coronado Ferry. And then today it, we got rained out, unfortunately, but our plan was to ride out and actually get on the Coronado Ferry with our bikes mm-hmm. and head towards downtown and then ride out to Cabrillo, which has a lighthouse, beautiful ocean vistas. We would cycle down to the tide pools and then climb back up on our bikes. And it just promised to be such a beautiful ride. Like, I can't believe I've lived here since 1984 and I've never been on the Coronado Ferry. Oh, wow. 
the place. There's lots to see and do. I was going to say another Dr. Seuss reference is like, oh, the places you'll go. I know. <laughs> Cycling has opened up all new world for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you mentioned that you became a cyclist because of your diagnosis of MS. And that's how you originally started, because you said uh, your choices were a short walk, a long walk or a bike event. And you chose yeah. the bike event, which is amazing and awesome. And here you are today on a podcast talking about cycling. <laughs> um, I know, I can hardly believe it. A year and a half later, and I, I think I can finally say I'm a cyclist while well, I invested in a real bike. Yeah, awesome. Well, and that was my next question is, um, do you, like, what kind of bike do you have? I'm assuming it's a road bike, but. Now it is, yeah. So when I when I first signed up for Bike MS, I said I didn't even have a bike. And I was very fortunate. The husband of one of my employees is an avid cyclist Mm. and he gave me his training bike and we happened to be just about the same height and weight so it was like that bike was made for me to ride perfect now it was old and it was heavy and it had rim brakes that would cause my fingers to lock up from trying to get the bike to stop <laughs> timely and to shift. You know, sometimes my poor little fingers would just lock in a in an open position. <laughs> but, you know, I rode that bike for about a year. I rode it for a year. It got me through Bike MS. It got me through my first century ride. And after I had convinced myself that I was, that I loved cycling and that I was going to stick with it, and that I was going to do it enough to warrant, you know, an investment in a real bike. Mm-hmm. I bought myself a Trek Domani SL7 women's frame. It has electronic shifters and it has disc brakes. And I still remember the first time I rode it, my it, we did like a Taco Tuesday ride, which is kind of a social ride with some people from the Trek group. And on my way back, I FaceTimed my son, and he said, Mama, how was your bike ride? And I burst into tears. I was like, you cannot believe how incredible this bike is. (laughs) Electronic shifting is nirvana. And it's such a comfortable, comfortable bike for long endurance rides. Yay. So you picked your second bike was as perfect as the first one. Yeah, and I have to tell you, like, one of the ride guides from Truck called the Truck store, and he set up, like, five bikes for me to ride. Mm. He had a three-quarter mile course, and we rode that course on all five bikes, starting with my own bike. So I got to see the differences between regular shifters and electronic shifters Mm -hmm. and, you know, a Tannendale on road noise versus a Dumani by Truck. And uh, disc brakes versus rim brakes. And I ended up blowing my budget. (laughs) But once I tried the electronic shifters, like, I could not believe the difference. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's this new bike is so much easier on my body. That first year was trying. Mm -hmm. Like, I would go for massages sometimes (laughs) after my long rides on the weekends. My poor little body was so beat up. Mm-hmm. 
um, on that heavy, heavy aluminum bike. But you know what? That aluminum bike got me where I am today. I had to be a little billy goat on that bike. And, you know, now I've done three, four days in a row of distance and my my body can handle it because the bike is built to handle comfort and distance. Mm -hmm. And you have the strength buildup from being on the tank. I think so too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Now that first bike had a granny gear. Oh, okay, sure. So I felt like there was one ride we did and we had to go up a very, very steep hill and a couple of people in my beginner's group, like they got off their bikes and they were walking up the hill and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm out of gears. What am I going to (laughs) do? And then I remembered I had this granny gear that I had never used and I shifted it to the granny gear and I just spun up that side of the mountain and I made it to the top. Now, my new bike doesn't have the granny gear, and I was a bit hesitant to take it on some of those, you know, steep climbs. Mm-hmm. And a few weeks ago, there's a place in San Diego called Mount Soledad, and it's about, well, it has, I think, five different routes you can climb on your bike, but the one we took was three and a half miles long, and I would say probably seven percent average nine percent when it got hard eleven percent at times wow and the first time i did it i did it on my old bike and when i got to the top i had a hard time getting off the bike and my legs were like jello Mm -hmm. and it took me took me i think 48 minutes to do that climb up at the top it's beautiful there's a cross on top of a mountain 360 degree views Mm. of the ocean and San Diego beautiful once you get there and then I decided a few weeks ago I wanted to do that climb on my new bike and I did it in half the time really without even the extra gears yeah no it was fine I didn't overly exert myself. I got to the top. My legs weren't like jello. My recovery was probably a minute and a half. Wow. <laughs> but half the time that in a year. is epic. Wow. That's great. Yeah, I know. I was really excited. And yeah. now I think I got over the mental hump of not, you know, not being able to do climbs on this bike without the, the granny cure. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the uh, MS ride. I'm assuming you were probably training again this year until um, I'm assuming it was canceled. Yeah, yeah. I did it in 2018 okay. and then I did it in October of 2019. Mm. And this last year, um, this last year again, I was able to fundraise and be in the top 150 fundraisers and even more important to me, I was I received the award for the most inspirational rider. Oh. And that was very humbling because to me there were people far more inspirational than myself. One of the awesome things that the National Multiple Sclerosis Society does is for everybody who rides with MS, you get a special jersey. Oh, okay. Which you wear on day two of the ride. So I stalked at every rest stop my first year anyone I saw in that jersey. 
I was like, I was just diagnosed. I just started writing. Tell me about your journey. I stalked the heck out of those people. So there, there were some really inspirational people on the road. I mean, there was um, at the end of at the end of the ride in 2019. I saw a father and a son, and um, they had written in marker on their calves that they were riding for the one man's wife and the Mm. one man's mother. And I said, Oh my gosh, can I take a picture of your calves? And I, I'd love to hear more about your story and their mother and wife was diagnosed maybe 20 years ago Mm. with multiple sclerosis and she is wheelchair bound. And the dad, the husband made a bike that had like a chair a recumbent place for her to sit in front and she crossed the finish line with him pedaling. I started bawling. I started bawling and there I was, you know, getting food and I was telling the people at my table about this inspirational father and son I met and they happened to walk by and I said, Oh, this is the, this is the man I'm talking about. And he said, you know, my wife's sitting right over there. And I said, do you think I could go and introduce myself? Mm. And I went and talked to her and she's crying and I'm crying. Wow. It was just so wonderful to hear the level of support that she had. And then I felt, you know what? I have been blessed to have that type of support myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like God placed a lot of guardian angels in my path on my way to sailing across that bike MS finish line from the gentleman who gave me a bike to one of my best friends who the simple words, I'll be by your side, the entire ride gave me the courage Mm -hmm. to achieve that goal to the trek to a woman I met in spin class who took me to the mall parking lot and showed me how to clip and unclip and change gears and actually gave me the courage to get on that bike that was donated to me to the trek group Mm -hmm. you know the trek group i have to tell you they they got me from zero to a hundred and from july to early november oh so that was your training effort was just a Mm -hmm. few months wow i got on the bike in july for the first time met that gal in my spin class she taught me how to clip on clip and change gears. She took me on my first two road rides. The first one was where I had my first clip tip, I call it. <laughs> I think I've had nine so far. <laughs> and then she handed me over to the truck group. And I trained with them. And they were marvelous. They have two ride guides for each pace group. They teach you so much about how to be a safe and efficient cyclist. They knew my goal. They knew my diagnosis and they knew I had this goal of uh, doing a 50-50 bike ride. And um, the ride guides and my fellow riders did everything they could do to help me achieve that goal. Mm. As we got closer to event day, they started going out on Sunday rides. So my body would be used to doing 50 miles one day, 50 miles the following day. I can't say enough about them. And then two weeks after my bike MS ride, they convinced me to do the, the Trek century ride, which Mm. wasn't even part of my goal. And I did it. 
Wow. I did it. Wow. Yeah, I've written like a thank you note to the owner of the five Trek bicycle superstores here in San Diego who organizes that Trek training group. And I said to him, you know, sometimes we don't get to see the lives we touch. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for me, it wasn't just, you know, oh, I want to do a hundred mile bike ride. This was transformative. You know, this was my life. This mm-hmm. was helping me get past a life-changing diagnosis. This is giving me a hobby that, you know, every time I get on the bike helps my body overcome my balance issues. So it was a big deal. And, you know, I didn't I didn't expect to hear back, and I didn't hear back from him. My letter was from me to him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the next year, Trek was a sponsor of Bike MS, and the uh, MS lady told me that she saw my thank you note on her desk. Whoa. I just, that gives me goosebumps. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps. Wow. What is the the name of the MS ride that you do? Sure. So the one here in San Diego is called Bike MS Bay to Bay. Mm. And it starts at the Irvine Transportation Center and it comes down the coast. We ride through Camp Pendleton Marine Base. And uh, day one ends in Carlsbad. Day two starts from Carlsbad and ends up in, in Crown Point. And that's me doing, you know, 50 miles on day one and 50 miles on day two. There are lots of different options. Like you can do 100 miles on day one. And 50 miles on day two, you can do 25 mile options. There are lots of different options depending on what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But this year, um, I was planning on doing, just to step back for a minute, I I achieved passport rider status with my fundraising, which means for a year, I could ride in any bike and mass around the country without having to pay a registration fee or do the fundraising. Oh, okay. So I had signed up to do, I think it was in May, the uh, Los Angeles ride, which would go from, I think, Santa Monica to Ventura. But that was canceled because of COVID-19, so I didn't get to do that one. But I'd still like to do a passport ride, and I was looking at In September, there's one up in the Bay Area. I think it's called Waves to Wine. Hmm. And get to ride over the Golden Gate Bridge. Ooh. Which sounds pretty amazing. And you go through wine country. And I have a a friend up there who I went to UC Berkeley with as a college student. He and I lived in China together at the same time. And he sent me a message. He said, you know, I follow your, your biking journey. I'm so impressed with with what you've been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. And he said, I hope we get to ride together someday. He lives in the Bay Area. So I've been trying to get him to register for that ride. And then I would, you know, do a road trip up there. Yeah. I'm still, I've got that on my horizon. And then Bike MS Bay to Bay 2020 is still planned for mid-October at this point. Oh, good. I think they're hoping it's going to actually physically happen. Sure, sure. And My only worry is the fundraising because, uh, you know, COVID-19 has been such a tremendous financial burden on so many right, people. Right, right. It'll be hard to ask for those fundraising dollars for the third year in a mm-hmm. row. 
Wow, you're a very inspiring person. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I yeah. Think my fellow so- cyclists have been the wind beneath my wings oh, for this. Oh, gosh, yeah. They really have. You know, and uh, so I did that Trek Century ride uh, two weeks after my first bike and mess, but all my life I've been this, like, all-or-nothing person, black and white, 0% or 100%. Mm. I've never achieved a big goal twice. But, I mean, put a goal in front of me and I will achieve it. I'm like, I can be the most disciplined, focused person around. But to to muster up the commitment and energy and drive to do something two times, that's that really hasn't been me. But um, there's in Palm Springs, which is, you know, maybe an hour and a half drive from me in San Diego. They have a century event in February. And I'm still shocked to this day, but I organized a group of riders that I had met through Trek to do that event. And I was in charge of developing all of the training plan and coming up with all the rides on Ride with GPS and the cue sheets and organizing everything. Wow. And I'll be darned if we did not have a wonderful time doing that century on February 6th of this year and it was my second century so I was able to achieve that goal two times prove to myself that you know I have these artificial mental boundaries Mm -hmm. and that I can overcome those A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. A century ride is, um, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows, but it means it's 100 miles uh, Mm -hmm. all at one time. And uh, I've done a handful of century rides in the um, mental battle is so interesting in my, you know, in my own mind. Like, you know, you finish your first 25 miles, like, before the sun's up practically, and you're like, this is a piece of cake. And then you get yes. your next 25 in, you're like, well, this isn't so bad. And then mm-hmm. from, like, I think it was, like, mile 50 to 70, I was just like, I, I'm i never biking again. I can't do this. This I is terrible. <laughs> it's, and then when you get, you know, above 75, you're like, well, gosh, I'm almost done. And then... Then you have that joy of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. I, I know. It's, it's so exciting. I'm really it impressed so that you did two. <laughs> yeah. I. Well, I'm impressed I did two just because I've always had that all or nothing mindset and have never done a big goal twice. But the gentleman from Trek, the ride guide named, we call him Coach Daryl, he's um, the one who helped me choose the the bike that I currently have, he's coached a lot of people in double centuries. Ooh. And well, I don't <laughs> I don't think I have a desire to do a double century. <laughs> but the mental fortitude is just what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and he has just such a gift of talking you through that stuff and just keep just keep pedaling. Mm-hmm. Just keep pedaling. And I know that for me on the the longer rides, sometimes my mental strategy is just get to the next rest stop, mm-hmm. you know, which is usually 20 to 25 mile stretch and that's doable, you know, and I'll just tell myself, well, that's just a Sunday recovery ride. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> weekday ride or something like that. You can do that, you know, and then once I get to that rest stop, 
take a breather and do it all over again. Yeah. But you're right. On some of the longer rides, no matter how comfortable your bike is, parts of you start to ache that you just never thought would hurt. Right, right. For me, it's like my shoulders and the yoke of my neck or, you know, your butt from sitting on that saddle. You think about, you know, if you're on an airplane for that many hours or driving in a car for that many hours, you get tired. Right. So pedaling is no joke. Right. Yeah. Because from the uh, hips up, you're really not moving too much. Right. Yeah. You're supporting weight. Sometimes even my triceps hurt just from, you know, supporting my body a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you've been on, um, you've done two centuries, and then, of course, the MS ride. Do you have uh-huh. any other bike adventures or bike rides that you've participated in that you want to share? I would say that those are my big milestones. Mm-hmm. That first MS ride, I'll never forget crossing the finish line, getting off my bike, and I was sobbing. Mm. And my friends and family thought it was physical pain. You know, they were like, do you want me to hold your bike? Are you all right? (laughs) And I was like, I'm fine. (laughs) It's not that. You know, it's the fact that I was actually able to do something I never thought I was going to be able to do. Never, never dreamed or imagined it. Yeah. But um, so I would say that the bike MS rides are personal and passionate Mm -hmm. and emotional and I think the the longer century rides, first the Trek one and then the one with that I organized and led, were just, you know, they're crowning achievements. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a history of just these mental blocks. I mean, we have this, <laughs> I have to laugh, we have a hill called Torrey Pines. It's kind of by the beach. And if you talk to any cyclist, they're like, oh, Torrey Pines, Torrey Pines. <laughs> I had built this this climbing this hill up in my mind and and it turned out to be nothing you know when I created that cycling timeline that you saw and I realized you know I started riding in July of 2018 and I climbed Torrey Pines for the first time two months later no one month one and a half months later and there it is. It's like 400 feet and it's 1.7 miles and it's nothing. <laughs> it's just nothing. That's and now awesome. in my car, you know, you see different hills or you see and you say, oh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Or I wonder, could I do that on my bike? It's just a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and having MS, do you see um, a lot of changes when you're biking? I do. So there I think MS has kind of affected me in a few different ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I encourage anyone out there who has this type of disability that physical activity is helpful in so many ways. Mm. You know, I think that the endorphins and the exercise help my mind and my spirit. And then the practice of cycling has helped me to overcome some of the challenges that I experienced with MS, particularly my balance. Mm, okay. So that was actually kind of my path towards diagnosis. It started off with my eyesight being blurry at normal vision distances. So I went to see the eye doctor 
And then my good friend, her company was a sponsor of the MS Walk. And she invited my family and I just to come out for a weekend and just do a three and a half mile walk. And I'm a very compassionate person and I didn't know anything about MS. So I was trying to soak it all up and learn as much as I could and understand why those families were there and what Mm -hmm. it meant to them. And I got home and I was listening, you know, I was replaying in my head what they were saying the symptoms were. And I was thinking, my gosh, that's everything I'm experiencing. You know, like I'm walking on a treadmill and I can't walk on the treadmill without holding on to the sidearms because I can't walk straight line anymore. Or I go to pick up something off the floor and I stumble or I go to walk around a corner and I walk into the wall or things like that. So it was it was really attending that walk for MS that was the impetus for me calling my sister and saying, this is going to sound crazy, but I made an appointment with a neurologist. Mm -hmm. Will you go with me? I think I have MS. And the first neurologist I saw, he said, you have carpal tunnel. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you didn't listen to anything I said. (laughs) So I went back to my primary care physician. She said, see another neurologist. And he took me very seriously. And we did an MRI and we did a spinal tap. And on January 10th, I was confirmed to have multiple sclerosis. Mm. You could have knocked me over with a feather. I was 48 years old. How did that happen? Right, right. You know, so with biking, I would say that balance is my biggest issue sometimes especially if it's very hot out heat and ms don't go well together so if it's very hot i have a hard time getting on and off my bike sometimes my friends know that i might need an arm a forearm or something to help me with that um i have a lot of clip tips because my balance isn't great (laughs) i think i'm up to nine and And i'm I'm sure uh if if you're like me those clip tips are always uh when people are around yeah they're always they're always slow motion yes you know it's like timber i'm okay i'm okay (laughs) and i'm not even embarrassed anymore sometimes i do a snow angel on the ground it's usually the people who are around me who are horrified on my behalf (laughs) i don't have to laugh and then the other thing that uh i really struggle with and today is a great example is i can't ride in the rain So I'm able to overcome those balance issues by really applying my brain to the task at hand. And I found, unfortunately, the hard way. I got rain. I've never had such serious rain. And um, my brain cannot concentrate on safe riding and the rain at the same time. Mm. You know, I got caught in a rainstorm and uh, we we said, let's make a break for the finish line. You know, it's only five miles ahead and took my bike out from under the bus overhang and put it in this, this bike path and my bike fell over. Everyone's like, are you OK? I'm like, yeah, it's just my bike. And then my bike and I fell the other way oh. before I even pedaled. And I was like, I'm calling in for a ride. I never, never do that. Hmm. I never walk my bike up a hill. I never called in for assistance. So today, for example, you know, we delayed the start of our planned ride. I went out, you know, a half hour drive to the start, 
just because I was praying I'd get to ride today, but when I saw that it was still drizzly and the roads were wet, I just, I knew it wasn't going to be my day. Mm-hmm. So I bowed out. Mm. Well, and obviously that's a smart thing because you've learned that mm-hmm. it just isn't a good, a good fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with like really hot days. I have a lot of truck friends. They know my situation and they're willing to do the same planned truck ride, but start one or two hours earlier so that I'm not out in the heat. Oh, yeah. That's... There's such like an awesome support. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, the cycling community, I mean, it's it's almost like family. You know, you get to know people uh, as far as, I'm speaking from my own experience, but you get to know people like their cycling habits and their speed and, you know, how they pedal. But you may not know like what they do for a living or where they, you know, where they live. It's just in, such an interesting dynamic. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the friends that I've made through cycling, I feel like they have my back on and off the bike. But I also know, you probably don't realize I'm, I'm very much an introvert. <laughs> really? <laughs> I really am. So social situations, they like, they drain me of energy. Mm. But being on a bike is awesome because you can be as social or antisocial as you want yes that's true (laughs) you can pedal next to someone and strike up a conversation or you can pull ahead and it's just you in the hill yes that is so true and i i have seen some jerseys that say miles are my meditation and i get it Mm -hmm. i mean it's really such it's such a blessing to be able to cycle especially the longer distances and I really don't think of anything except what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be alert and not looking for road hazards and cars and keeping yourself safe and your fellow cyclers safe. And that's all I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. There's no COVID-19. There's no, you know, civil rights justice. I'm a social justice warrior at times. All of that kind of fades away Mm. just for a little while while I'm cycling yeah and um it's it's a blessed relief even the you know the Facebook social distance group it's an escape for me you know I need a little break I'm gonna flip through that and look and see where all these people get to cycle right yeah yeah and you know there uh, so many of them on that Facebook page are celebrating something like you know today's the day I did this and I haven't done that before it's it is I just love I love watching what people are doing I know and I've seen, I've seen some couples mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome I mean I think it would be amazing to get to do that with your spouse or significant other, mm-hmm. you know, share that love of cycling together. And road biking can be very time-consuming mm-hmm. on the weekends. And right, yeah. I have a son who's 15 years old, and I think when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, it was it was I, I carried that for a week. I didn't talk to anyone. You know, I just had to let myself feel that. But I think the hardest thing was telling him I had multiple sclerosis. Mm. You know, how do you tell your son something like that? Mm -hmm. And telling him, but saying that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to see the best doctors. I'm going to follow what they suggest that I do. I'm going to start biking. I've set this goal, you know, just to have him see that I am a 
warrior and not a victim. Mm. Knowing he was watching, watching me all this time. How is my mom going to react to this? You know, when life gives you lemons, what do you do? Mm. And at Bike MS, my mom said he was just pacing the finish line. Pacing, 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 pacing. And uh, I know he was worried for me. You know, is she all right? Can she do it? And the look on his face that first year when I crossed the finish line and last year when I won the most inspirational rider award was my, my heart grew 10 sizes. Mm. You know, a lot of things we do are, are to set the right example for our children. Oh yes. Yes. And you know, he feels it, especially if he reacted that way and was, you know, worried about you. That's great. And he's been so supportive of my journey and the, you know, the long rides I've done on the weekends and, you know, he's my little man and uh, I'm just so blessed. That's great. Very blessed. Well, when you are. Except I had to, I had to laugh because this kid said to me that he's the fittest person in the household during (laughs) COVID-19. And I took great offense to that. (laughs) I said, what part of you spit your thumbs from playing video games? Because I'm out there on my bike doing these long distances. I don't think you're the fittest person right now. A quick interruption to tell you this week's sponsor is Thirsty Pigs, a full-service mobile event company offering beer, wine, spirits, plus catering for any indoor or outdoor event. Check out more at thirstypigs.com. Now back to the show. Well, how about you when you're not biking? Where can you be found? Well, I work Mm full-time. So, and I have, uh, you know, a son who is 15, almost 16 years old, and he plays basketball for his high school. He's a point guard, and then he plays club basketball when he's not playing for the high school. So, I'm a basketball mom and his biggest fan. (laughs) Awesome. And so, I'm either biking or supporting him, or I try and do... I try and round myself out with physical activity. I think I'm a much stronger biker when I cross train. So strength training, Pilates has been such a blessing for my biking. And uh, I also like to hike. We have some really beautiful, beautiful hiking spots Mm. within, you know, 10 miles of my house. Oh, nice. And I think that cross-training is really important to being a strong cyclist. I completely agree with that one, especially when you work on your core. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Or the stretching. I'm, I like don't have oh, the, sure. much patience for stretching, but the Pilates is really helpful with that. And then I recently found out about this program called, I think it's called Dynamic Cyclist. And it's stretching you can do at home, and it's, you know, 10 to 20 minutes. I can do it right in my room, Hmm. and I have come to absolutely love that. Who knew? Hmm. Well, um, I'm thinking back to when you said, you know, you're on your first uh, MS ride, and you would see people wearing the jersey, and you'd go up and ask them their story and, um, you know, find out... uh, 
where they are in their life as far as MS goes. But do you have any writing advice that you would give people if they came up to you? Yeah, I I would say don't put off what you can be doing today. Mm-hmm. Like I have I have a lot of cycling friends who are at the point in their journey where they like to they want to just have fun with it and enjoy it. And I I hate to say I'm not there. Like I'm always looking at my speed on Strava for a segment <laughs> and how did I do? Did I beat the last time I did it? How am I doing relative to these other people that I know? <laughs> and can I get faster? And so I have, you know, kind of this desire to push myself and see what I can accomplish, what my body's capable of, because I don't know what's going to happen with my MS. Mm-hmm. You know, at any point, I could develop a new lesion, and depending on where that lesion is, I could be paralyzed. I could be off my bike for a really long time. Mm. I could, you know, so I would say I cycle like I cycle because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Sure, sure. And I think that I've been on a lot of MS support groups on Facebook and I, I just ended up having to leave those groups because I found there was a lot of victim mentality mm. and I can't, I can't bear that. Like my, my soul can't bear dealing with that. And I have to, when I, when I first was diagnosed, I met a, personal trainer at 24 hour fitness and this this guy was one of those guardian angels that god put in my path he has a cousin who has ms and he did these neurokinetic exercises with me that forced my body to move in different directions you know maybe i'm doing a bicep curl while i'm doing a walking lunge or you know something like that my body was having to move on different planes And my brain had to concentrate so much in order to execute those activities. And my balance was so bad. There were times I was crying on the floor of the gym, 24-hour fitness in front of God and everybody else. (laughs) And he never gave up on me. And I didn't give up on myself. And within six months, he had helped me start to overcome so much Mm. of the balance problem I was facing. It's still there. It's always there, but he's given me the tools and helped me rewire my brain to overcome much of that. So I think if any, if I, if someone came up to me at one of the SAGs at Bike MS, because I was wearing my jersey and they said, tell me about your journey, I would say it's the Nike slogan, just do it, (laughs) you know, seriously, like just get out there and do it and push yourself and believe in yourself and surround yourself with people who are going to be uh, supportive and helpful in your journey. Yeah. And you, I'm amazed at the volume of guardian angels that you had. They just fell into place. Um, But I'm going to assume it's also because you just have a positive energy about you. And it, it was it all happened for a reason. I I hope, you know, I hope so. Maybe yeah. God put all those people in place at the right times so that I could be an inspiration yeah. to others, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I don't know what it was, but I'm definitely vocal about my journey and I'm always uh, thrilled. I've gotten to meet a couple other people with MS through the Social Distance Bike Bicycling Club mm -hmm. and uh, through Bike MS and even I, I even found out one of the instructors in the spin classes I was going to, she has MS. Oh. So you never know you never know what issues people are facing. Mm. Uh, just be kind and helpful and you could be very impactful to their journey. Mm -hmm, definitely. Do you have any organizations or anything you want to plug? Well, I would just say the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a wonderful, wonderful organization of people trying to help people who have MS. I, I'm always touched by, there's only a handful of, of us riders who actually have MS. And then I look at the sea of riders who are there raising money and support. And it's overwhelming to me to see that many people who are there in support of those of us who have MS. Mm. And that organization has been wonderful. And the, the Trek Century Training Program, oh, I cannot gosh, sounds, say yeah. enough good things about them. It's free. Wow. I wish it that was in my free. area. <laughs> I'm, and absolutely unbelievable how much I've learned from the ride guides with that program and the friendships that I've been able to develop with not only the ride guides, but with the cyclists I've met through that program. Mm -hmm. And the Social Distance Bicycling Club. Yeah. pretty awesome. Yes. Uh, we got to give a shout out to Fred. He's the guy that started that. He's a. Isn't he wonderful? Yes, he really is. Yeah, and he created that uh, group because he was doing a ride the U.S. with M for MS. I saw that. I was the winner of that. Oh, really? I helped. I helped that group cross the four thousand mile mark. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, and I ended up winning a jersey, and it has the MS on it. I'm going to wear that very proudly. Yes, very cool. But that's exciting. Yeah. Well, Karen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And um, I, I know that you're probably inspiring people who are listening right now. Well, I hope so. I'm so happy to have done this. This will be my first podcast Yay. ever. <laughs> and you've made it such a, an easy experience it's just like having a conversation with a friend yeah yeah great well thank you so much absolutely well that's it for this week a big thank you to karen for being on the show to talk about cycling as well as her amazing journey cycling with ms karen certainly has earned her award as most inspirational writer and i know i found her can-do attitude and her story very inspiring indeed. If you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to morphologypodcast.com to find good info. And I recently launched a YouTube channel. So if you want to see videos of the places I bike, check that out. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote is from Dr. Seuss. Because when you stop and look around, this life is pretty amazing. Think about it.